0: Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Thursday, the 12th of November, 11-12-20. This is Mike A-Race and I am joined by Jacob Myers, our fine crew beat writer, and Kyle Robertson, our award-winning photographer. We like to call them, respectively, the shield and the striker. The season is completed, gentlemen. Before we get into what the big picture of the playoffs looks like, and they're going to go fast, and we'll get into that too, I'm sure. But let us uh, wrap with the final game. Uh, the crew beat Atlanta at Moffray Stadium Sunday 2-1. to one. Jacobs, the happy recap, as Bob Murphy used to say.
1: Yeah, I, extremely entertaining game. Pretty much, I think, what you want to see in a regular season finale As bad as a season as Atlanta has had, they missed the playoffs. I mean, I think you saw a lot of that they have on the field. They pressured the crew for almost the entirety of the second half. And while it wasn't, you know, a complete performance or revival of the offense, you, you certainly saw, especially on the first goal, elements of where the crew was offensively early in the season. And I think that was a very encouraging sign entering the single elimination playoffs here. And and they got the job done. They they clinched home field advantage. They got the third seed after Orlando lost to Nashville by giving up goals in the 88th and 93rd minutes. And I love the kind of, I won't use the word pageantry, but just the overall excitement of decision day, how You have all these games ending at the same time and almost the same moment that the crew was celebrating that win on the field. You have this moment where Nashville scores and goes ahead and then the crew gets a third seed. And I think that's incredibly significant because they avoid New York City in the first round and they get a Red Bulls team. They haven't played since MLS is back, but this is a team I think is very manageable. Uh, we'll, We'll certainly get to that and we can expand on that matchup later. But I think it's what you wanted to see uh, enough out of the crew going into the postseason and, you know, a 2-1 win where they saw out the game late as as well when the defense had been struggling.
0: Right, and the crew was on a, a bad jag there just up until about, oh, a month ago where they sort of steadied the ship with a, a nice win over Philly, then a loss to to Orlando, at Orlando, didn't look good there, and then they finished the season with the of victory in their final game Sunday. So, you know, two and one over their last three, um, still no road victories. Kyle, what were, what was your view of, uh, of, of Sunday's game against Atlanta, the season finale and, uh, uh, he, he, Caleb Porter, the coach, he he went with his team, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean I th- he went with the guys that he wanted. Uh, you know, I I would guess is what you'll really be seeing in a couple weeks in the playoffs. Well, but.
0: he's been he's been saying he's going to build yeah. build to this, and and it appears that uh he gave him a good run on Sunday prior to a two week break.
2: Yeah, I think for Crew fans, uh, you know, to me the the most important thing coming out of the game is you got your two, you know, your two guys up front scoring goals. I think it's been a while since Zardes scored, you know. A few few games and then zeller on you know to get him going you know i think that's that's very important and sometimes you know you you, you just need you just need to score and, and get it going sometimes there's slumps and and i think that was you know very important and then to what jacob said earlier you know their first goal seeing all you know how they build it up and what was it 23 24 passes uh before they scored so i mean i think that was a little bit of what we saw you know, in the, tur- you know, in the, in the tournament down in Florida and when they first came back. So I think, um, you know, I think that's positive. You get the win, you know, you get home field and then kind of what Porter or what we talked about last week about, you know, um, players needing rest. So now, so now they get the rest and they get home field. So I think uh, crew fans should be pretty happy about, um, about how everything kind of turned out on Sunday.
0: Yeah, good last couple of weeks, I should say, not good last month, but uh, yeah, gathering a little uh, momentum down the stretch. And uh, one other correction, I think I said uh, in a previous show that uh, Trotsky had his head cut off. He was, of course, ice picked in Mexico City in 1940. I just wanted to clear that up. Jacob Atlanta uh, did play well, and it's it's because they had something to play for. With their loss, they missed the playoffs and finished 12th in the Eastern Conference this year. That the conference, um, due to COVID, and heading into the tournament was uh, rejiggered to facilitate travel uh, as much as anything else. Coming when the league restarted in August, uh, anyway, a- Atlanta finishes 12th behind Chicago. Chicago misses the playoffs. Atlanta misses the playoffs. DC misses the playoffs, and and uh, coming up in last place in in the in the East is, is Cincinnati, and, and there's a great chain there. Philadelphia did win the Supporters Shield. They had a chance to do it uh, at Cruz Stadium on November 1st, and uh, the crew kind of much-needed win uh, on that day. Anyway, Philadelphia wins uh, its first uh, piece of hardware in its history. Um, they finish 14, 4, and 5. The 14 wins is, was the most in the league. A lot of the West didn't get 23 games in. The first team in the West is sporting Kansas City 12, 6, and 3. Anyway, Philly finishes with the most wins, uh, tied for second in most goals, 44, and they had the best differential, plus 24, which was, uh, geez, by eh, by a few goals over Seattle, the best differential, 47 points. So, 47 points in 23 in 23 games wins the league. Toronto second, uh, 44 points, and Columbus, uh, with help from uh, from Nashville on on decision day, finishes. In third place, 12-6-5, 36 goals for, 21 against, plus 15, which is the third best differential in the league. Not bad, although, you know, they had such a huge differential uh, for such a a big chunk of the season. It feels a little disappointing. Anyway, 41 points, and Orlando slides down to fourth place, 11-4-8. 41 points, 44, 25 against plus 15, tied with the crew and differential. Jacob, what was uh, the coach saying specifically about Sunday's game? And uh, what were the coach and players saying as, uh, as the week went on after that game, as far as uh, giving their perspective of how they finished and, and the season overall?
1: He said it was a good way to close out the season. And and I think it's just a sense of relief for the crew, honestly, to get to the stage now where they have an extra week of training. Uh, I, I even wrote about this week, how that can be a good thing for them. You mentioned the goal differential a little bit, Mike The in the first 13 games, the crew allowed five goals in the next 10. They, um, what was it? 21 they ended up with. So they allowed 16. So there are some things they need to clean up as we talked about the offense got in the right direction, but the, he also made a point to point out that this was the second best season in club history in terms of points per game 1.78 points per game the only one better was 2008 they have 1.9 points per game so look it's also their top finish in the league since 2015 when they obviously went to mls cup so i don't think anyone is naive to suggest that they're on that trajectory to get to that final game but all in all i think Reflecting on the season right now, we have another week where we can dive into that playoff game. Porter and, and the players are extremely pleased with how they ended up. And as we said on the last episode, if you were to say at the beginning of the year, they'd enter the postseason third in the East, third best point total in, in MLS. Uh, that That's certainly where you want to be as a club and just to kind of mark where they were at at this point last year, it's, it's really significant and a dramatic turnaround and it, they should be credited.
0: All right. You know, I guess credit to them. Good job. They, they did salvage some face down the end. That's important heading into what's a, a, a rather compact tournament, uh, 17 knockout games over 22 days beginning on Friday, the 20th of November. And on the 20th, it's uh Nashville, 7th seed against Inter-Miami, the 10th seed. And uh, Orlando, the 4 against New York. Actually, that's the playing game. And uh, on the 21st, you get into round one. Uh, Orlando versus New York is is one game on Saturday, the 21st. And uh, uh, the other game in the East on Saturday, 21st, Columbus versus the Red Bulls. Kyle, you know, kind of someone just mentioned it in passing. But uh, this matchup here, I mean, Jacob... Kyle, I'll take Kyle. You first. Your thoughts heading into a game against the Red Bulls at home. Yeah, I mean, I think
2: that's what you know at the start of the season. That's what you wanted, you know, especially after last year and you know finishing tenth. You know, you wanted to, you know, with all the changes they've made and adding players and you know, I think think every you know all the Crew fans should be you know pretty happy. But you know the the Red Bulls are coming in and you know that you know they beat Toronto. Um, they beat New England, you know, and they had a couple draws against Chicago and Orlando and and, and Toronto again. So I mean, they're they're playing pretty well, um, you know, coming into the game. But you know, I think uh, everyone should be pretty uh, pretty happy with just the I think the cruise form, I and mean, I think that really kind of tightened the ship a little bit. And uh, you know, I think uh, you know, I think they'll probably get the result, um, you know, at home because it's such a you know, for this team, what you know, what do they end up? Five and five on the road, uh, winless, I think, on the road. Is that, yeah. is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it just shows how important playing at home is for this team and kind of get it going. But a lot could happen in, in what, two weeks? Uh, you know, somebody could get dinged up again or, you know, somebody could pull something. But I think overall, I think uh, – you know, heading into the tournament. I think that's what you kind of want, um, you know, to, you know, to kind of play the last couple games and, you know, to have some adversity and, you know, I think they're set up well, you know, I, I you know, you get that first win and then who knows what happens after that. Jacob, how's the health? Good.
1: I, they had a couple additional people on the injury report in Fataya Lashay and Hector Jimenez, if I'm remembering correctly off the top of my head, they're, they're not going to be out too long, but, but those are depth pieces in terms of their starters They're at full health, and I think you saw Zellerayon, especially, and and Nagby, too, just able to get the ball in better attacking position before it set the crew up well. I thought Artur had one of the best games um, of his crew career this past week as well. So the health is about as good as you can want heading into the postseason, and vitally important to have that third spot, as we talked about before, um, with not playing New York City, which is going to be an extremely intriguing game between between them and orlando but this is a game that they're going to have to win a lot of second balls be just because of how kind of choppy uh rebel like to play rebels sorry I, I caught myself doing, <laughs> doing the singular just because of how they like to play and press so the crew handled that well back in july but it's been a while since since they played each other so i think they're as healthy as they can be and, and you know as we said before it There were encouraging signs heading into this postseason.
0: You know, I'm I'm looking at the MLS schedule and uh, what is the TV situation for the crew? Is that that's going to be locally broadcast, I presume, Jacob?
1: Yes, it's on Sports Time Ohio. Well, the first round will be.
0: Okay. Otherwise, there's no national exposure on that game.
1: There's national exposure, but not in English, unless well, you yes. want to watch it on the MLS website,
0: which who wants to do that? I, I stand corrected. It's it's on Unimas uh, in, in Canada on TSN. But anyway, all right. Um, what else do we have to add here, Jacob? I mean, we kind of had a bunch of shows. Where we we're talking about the same thing, their struggles, and we've had a couple shows now. Um, this one's kind of a wrap, but uh, them kind of beginning to get healthy and right, their right themselves. Uh, what, what other is there? Is there anything else that's uh, that's on the table here of interest as as they prepare for their first playoff game on the 21st?
1: Yeah, I think a big piece for that first playoff game is they might, likely they will be missing, arguably their uh, top sub off the bench and, and winger Luis Diaz. He'll be with Costa Rica national team. They play Qatar on Friday. He was called up uh, to that roster. And the MLS protocol right now says a player has to spend nine days in court quarant- quarantine upon return. So if you just do the, they play on the. Th- Costa Rica does at, at best, say they return on the 14th. That's when he starts his quarantine. He would not be ready in time for the game on the 21st. So there are teams around the league, especially the LAFC Seattle game, where it seems like it could almost be a midweek game where both teams are rotating, how many players are out there. But that's the only player the crew will be missing. However, it's, I think, pretty significant as I'm sure a lot of listeners to this podcast know Greg Burhalter with the U.S. Men's National league chose to do a European-based roster and, and avoided MLS players. Mostly, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of dialogue between the league and, and clubs to, to avoid this scenario of mass, you know, removal of players from these rosters in the playoffs for these couple international games. But that's certainly something to keep an eye on. I think the crew, you know, can manage one player. But it's certainly an important piece off the bench, especially in the postseason where you're really looking for a guy to add some pace, power off the bench, make an impact. He's done that in, in the past couple games, hasn't had a great season, but uh, that's one thing that could play a factor in the game. The other item is Jonathan Mensa, Aloy Room, Lucas el and Milton Valenzuela were all nominated for... Uh, as finalist for MLS awards, that's Defender of the Year for Mensa, Goalkeeper of the Year for Rome, Comeback Player of the Year for Valenzuela, and Newcomer of the Year for Zelrayon. And th- the last one with-, with Lucas, I mean, he missed almost half the season. That one surprised me a bit. Uh, I don't think Valenzuela has had a great year, but also I'm sure that he has been impacted a bit, not 100% back from that. ACL injury it takes a while you know for to come back from those injuries but just a couple of news items there Mensa has certainly tapered off in the latter half of the season it could be good for him to get some additional rest and Aloy room I, I personally I I voted like in these awards I, I voted Aloy room for goalkeeper of the year Andre Blake a close second at Philly but uh, I thought he was the best goalkeeper of the year and made the most impact, especially in that Philly game when he was in for the crew.
0: Well, Blake missed that game, which cost uh, <laughs> kind of silly. That's fine voting, Jacob, I guess, for, from a Columbus perspective. I just called you a homer. Kyle, today the USA has a friendly against Wales. That's at 245 on Fox Sports 1, and today being the Thursday, the 12th. And this is a a young team of of European players, by and large, that Greg Berthalters assembled assembled for a camp in the UK. Any thoughts? I know you follow the national team closely. Any thoughts on... on, this particular camp, what Gerhalter's looking for. And uh, the, I mean, it wasn't too long ago I spoke to Greg and he said that, uh, you know, at, at the time when I spoke to him, they didn't even know if they'd get this camp in, you know. Um, and, and one of the reasons it's it's for Europeans, there's the MLS angle. but. Um, Americans playing in Europe is because of uh, uh, of travel bans in, in Europe, uh, and so that needed to be facilitated with players over there. All right, your your thoughts on on the national team at this point?
2: Well, I think first off, uh, you know, since we are a crew podcast, I mean, I think you want to see how how Zach does, um, you know, being the backup in Man City for you know this season, and but other than that, I mean, it's about youth. Uh, they brought in a lot of young guys, a lot of uh, I think it's like ten or eleven that are. Uh, First time with um, that are with the team. And I think uh, the whole United States soccer program is under a youth movement. I mean, um, and I think it's uh, pretty exciting to see a number of marquee, uh, you know, uh, players that are 17, 18, 19 years old and, uh, and and seeing the impact that they have on this young team. Um also you got a lot of uh you got a couple guys who are uh, dual nationals who could either go both ways. Um since it is a friendly, um it's no, you know, no one on the roster is cap tied. So um I think there's a lot of uh um good things that that are gonna come from this. Um, you know, I think the United States wants to put themselves in the best position they can moving forward and I think they're gearing themselves up to, you know, for that twenty twenty six, you know, World Cup in the United States but I think there's just a lot of new names that, um, people are going to, um, if you're, if you're not a big, um, you know, fan uh, of us soccer, you're, you're going to have some new names out there. And I think it's exciting to see so many young guys at this age. Uh, I think, I, I think I read a quote about, uh, Gio, uh, Rene, G- he was, Gio, Reyna, Yeah. yeah. Reyna. Are those Jersey sales going to
1: skyrocket. Yeah.
2: But I mean, they, they had a quote from his dad and it's like, yeah, I mean, at, at 17, I was, uh, Greg and I were playing for, a. You know, high school state championship, and he's, you know, he's representing the United States and playing in Germany and playing in, you know, um, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. at, at you know. You know these kids are 17, 18 years old and, and representing, um, you know, and it's not just one. You know, there's a whole bunch of them. So that's what I think I'm most excited about is seeing the youth and kind of seeing how it comes together in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, you got Raina Des Pulisic. There's a lot of uh, Weston McKenney It's a there's a there's a nice group. I'm curious to get uh, get my eyeballs on them.
2: One other thing I found out. Uh, yes, in high school, uh, Greg played <laughs> played with Gio's dad in high school together. Imagine that! Imagine that uh, high school team with two, you know, soon-to-be national team players playing uh, playing. I think in New Jersey, playing uh, high
0: school it was, ball. <laughs> it, was, it was New Jersey. Yeah, see, um,
1: New Jersey. Oh, you I- would have done fine. You're you're a good striker in your own yeah. right.
2: Yeah, yeah, they would have got the ball to me real
0: quick. <laughs> Oh, look at Kyle! just wants the ball. <laughs>
2: Didn't did have to do much work.
0: <laughs> oh goodness! Out West, as I said, Kansas City was first, uh, Seattle second, um, and, and they uh, they finished pretty strong. Portland and, and, and um, Minnesota; those are the top four in the West. None of them had, and again, out West, it was a diff, travel was more difficult. Not everyone got 23 games, in. in fact, uh, of those four teams, only Portland got 23 games in, and. Uh, uh, all four of those teams finished with uh, 39 points, or actually three with 39 and then 34. Your your view, Jacob, of the West, obviously, the way the tournament's set up, they're just going to beat each other up, and the same thing in the East. Uh, um, who, who do you like? Who's in the best form heading into these MLS Cup playoffs?
1: Yeah, just real quick on that note, we were talking about international players who are out. Christian Caceres, who was a primary starter for Red Bulls he will likely be out as well. He's on international duty. That's their only player that's affected by that. But look at the East, I mean, or the West, you know, the two kind of headline transfers from this off season for your quote unquote, smaller market clubs in Lucas Ellerayon and in Columbus. And then Alan Polito in Kansas city. I, I am really excited to watch Kansas city have not, gotten to watch them much this year they Polito's another guy who's nominated for that newcomer of the year but missed a lot of the season they they have the top seed so that's uh, exciting to watch the first round games between seattle lafc and portland fc dallas are going to be very very good and exciting games to me seattle at full strength if they're able to get out of that first game because of all these players out on international duty and now Carlos Vela's back in for LAFC after missing much of the year. If if Seattle can get through that first game, I, I look for them to to make a run to the final again. I just feel like they have been the most complete and consistent
0: team out west this season. Seattle again, Kyle, I know Kyle's excited about that. I don't know whether he is or not. I'm just saying that boy, they don't go away, do they? Well we'll see how these playoffs go. As I said they're They begin on the 20th of Friday, and the the MLS Cup is Saturday, December 12th. So it's going to come fast and heavy, and uh, we'll see how this crew team does. It's been um, a checkered season. I think it may be the best way to describe it. They look so good for so long, and then the wheels fell off. They had that uh, seven-game winless streak, and they've kind of righted the ship at the end. A a lot of it has to do with health. Kyle, the old expression is that uh, if you could get hot for a month, you know, you you got a shot at at winning the Cup. I don't know if the crew is hot or not. Um, We've seen— They're lukewarm. We've seen teams that— did build throughout the fall, even of recent vintage last year, not included obviously. Other they did play well down the stretch, not in the playoffs. But but one of Burhalter's trademarks here in Columbus was uh, this team was was ready to play when postseason rolled around, and uh, they usually had some momentum. Does this team have momentum? I don't I don't know. Are they meshed? Um, I don't know. I don't think I don't think we can say given, um, you know, the injuries were a problem and they've got basically everyone back. I really think and Kyle, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. But as I look at the season, I wonder if they would have fallen off the way they did. If Wormhorn did not blow out his knee in or, in, or, in 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 Orlando during the MLS back tournament, um, an
1: ankle, Mike.
0: It was his ankle. Oh uh, well, something blew out down there, and uh, uh, he had surgery, and, and um, he's he's gone until next season, whenever that starts. We don't know. But uh, I I really thought that. Uh, you know, with him and Mensa back there, that was and the way Eloy Room was informed, that that was formidable. And of course, uh, Room kind of got hurt in, in Orlando. Warmhore gone. Um, I think that, especially you see the way they leak goals down the stretch. I think that loss was was uh, obviously it's not as a, it wasn't as prominent as when like Nagby and Zella Ryan were out, but it, it has lingered for the rest of the season because he needed surgery and he's gone. I really think that unstuck them a little bit, um, and I'd like to hear what you guys think about that. I think it's that it was as biggest sustaining that injury was as harmful as anything else you could come up with, because that back line was formidable.
2: Yeah, I think so, but I mean, I think it also helped. I mean, uh, you know, you know, guys got in, there was a rotation, and you know, they did play pretty well. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like they were just god awful. I mean, I mean, there were, you know, right when they came back, they were playing you know, pretty well, you know, that, that that first month, you know, back from the tournament. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, what we talked about, you know, lots of times on this show is that the depth on this team has been the greatest, you know, that I think we, you know, in crew history. And I think, uh, you know, you said that and we thought that things were going to be good and they came out really good. But then also, you know, it, it, it showed with, with with all the lingering and kind of like little injuries throughout the whole entire you know, the kind of season. But I mean, I do think, I do, I, you know, I, I do think you're right. Um, you know, having him back there and having his experience and, you know, I think it it would have been a little bit different.
1: I think too, to your point about the depth, Kyle, it's borne out that maybe on paper it was, it was the best we thought, but they, those players expected to perform. Um, albeit they had a lot of options with, I think Derek Etienne was a very vital add to this team before the season, but Guys like Luis Diaz, Eunice Mokhtar, they have not really performed as we had thought or how they did in the MLS's back tournament at the beginning. So I, I have questions about this team's depth, and I'm sure they will add pieces in the offseason. But as for right now, I'd I like this matchup against Red Bulls. And then you have likely a Toronto FC in the Eastern Conference semis, and i Uh, I'm looking forward to watching that matchup. Toronto will play the highest seeded winner of the playing games between new England, Montreal and Nashville, Miami. So I I think this first matchup sets up well, uh, but to your point, Mike, the Vita warm injury, as you said, kind of unstuck them. Like that was one piece they weren't going to get back. And then that kind of was the first domino to fall. Then you have more and it kind of all cascaded from there, but they're, they're as healthy as they can be.
0: You know, Kyle, I think I think um, a lot of us get caught up in, especially you, because you just want the ball. Uh, but we get caught up in in, in their build up and, and their finish, and, and rightly so. This this team, I don't know if this team uh, had this team had its problems scoring. It's a soccer team, and, and that does happen. Um, but I think we get caught up in that, and and uh, you know we forget like. I mean, I just looked at my screen here. It's been 10 games since they've had a shutout, you know, and, and, uh, that's a, that's like a big chunk of their season. Um, they played 23 and through the first 13, you were thinking they could get a shutout every week. You know what I mean? And and no clean sheets in the last 10 games. And, uh, that, that is, that's something I'm very curious about, um, as they prepare for the playoffs, uh, uh, and that's why I mentioned warmhor because, uh, you know, they were formidable when they had when they were intact back there, uh, when Room was healthy and warmhor was healthy. And Mensah looked like the Defender of the Year. He hasn't of late, maybe too much on him, um, maybe tired. Uh, Jacob, when do they stop being tired? This is something we talked about last week. Well, is, is Caleb Porter going to tell you when they're not tired anymore?
1: Uh, Darlington Nagby said you get a bit a better boost of energy in the post. I, I look they they <laughs> I, they have a week to they have a week to get things right. So I don't think any um thing that will be perceived as an excuse will be taken uh, lightly by the fan base. They they got to win. Uh, they they know that they have this week ahead. And look, when they had extra preparation, is when they. Perform well in the MLS's back tournament, so that should be the level of expectation.
0: They were really good for so long. What, gentlemen, when was the last time they were really good? I think before Minnesota, even in that
1: Minnesota game, and I'm pulling up the schedule as we speak. I did not think they were great against Minnesota, although they they got the win in that game.
0: And that that was, was that was that yeah. they avenged their one loss to that point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think when they were good, I would say beginning of September, they beat Philly, then had that 3-0 win against Cincinnati. After that, they went on the road and gave up two early goals to Chicago, and that really started this cascading effect of the defense uh, that that we've seen. So 16 16 goals in the last 10 games allowed, and as you said, Mike, no shutouts. If you're going to win in a playoffs, I feel like you have to have some shutouts in there
0: yeah and we should mention that uh room had well it's one game that stands out in my head but he showed an ability to to carry a team um you know he had that uh, eight or nine save game recently uh, when they weren't that tight back i think we should mention that Toronto game in east hartford september twenty seventh that's that's when they got a three to one face punch from toronto and i think that really knocked the confidence out of them and uh it's been a reclamation project ever since all right anything else to add boys
1: i think we covered it if, if you're a crew fan i think you're looking for performances similar to this week and similar to new york back on october 18th those are the last two performances philly sure they played well too but they were outshot 22 to 7 so uh some some areas to correct, but encouraging signs moving forward to this postseason
0: should be a good one. Patrick Flaherty, you got anything? No, no, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. That's our producer, Patrick Flaherty, for the Podfather, for Jacob Myers, and for Kyle Robertson. I'm Mike race Thanks for joining us here on the Soccer Speak Easy. And Patrick, kick us out of here.